1: Greetings everyone, welcome, this is Andy and you're listening to the podcast that is from thedizinsider.com and the Decast. This is the Insiders where we talk about everything going on in the entertainment industry from streaming to the movie screen This week, of course, we have with me, as always, Skylar Schuler, But we are joined by entertainment reporter from The Observer, Brandon Katz How are you guys doing today?
2: Doing good, man, thanks for having me on
0: Thanks for yeah, being super, on Skyler. Yeah, super stoked for the episode
1: yes me too me too we didn't do anything last week it was it was hard to figure out what are we doing uh, i know me and the rest of the shows that we produce here at the Disney Insider and the dcast we're getting everybody set up with usb mics right now because we have this big studio we just finished in a garage and it was great and amazing and now it's like let's take all our equipment home guys and try to set up home studios with usb mics and um it's been a little a little a little crazy and complicated but what's been really cool is we've had quite a few uh studios uh get in contact with, get in contact with us. Uh, to interview their actors which is really cool because they're just sitting at home doing nothing so i've had three interviews this week and got another one tomorrow so super excited about that but we're just going to talk about what's going on in the entertainment industry right now but before we do that um brandon why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself you've been on the show i think like two years ago but remind everybody who you are what you do where you're from
2: yeah, absolutely. I'm the senior entertainment reporter for Observer.com, covering the film and television industry. We're based out of New York, uh, born and bred New Yorker over here. I know you guys are on West Coast. We we won't let that historical beef prevent us from being <laughs> friends and have a, a nice, uh, good talk about the entertainment industry right now. But uh yeah, no, I'm excited to chat about some Hollywood issues with you guys.
1: Very cool, very cool. We are so happy to have you on here. Uh, I was looking on Twitter, I'm like, who can we have on who knows the industry? Like, That's right, Brandon. And then he wrote an article on the Observer, pretty much exactly what we want to talk about: what the media uh, landscape will look like after coronavirus. So it's so amazing to have you on. Uh, before we get into things, I want nice to put we... the
2: pressure on Andy.
1: Yeah, I know. I gotta just, deliver. Don't don't screw up, man. Don't screw up. <laughs> uh, before we get into just talking about that, I want to do what we normally do: the box office rundown. Which th- there was only two movies on it this week. <laughs> <laughs> i do want to talk about this for very specific reasons there was one movie called lost in america made 78 dollars. great um but uh the number one movie last week was a movie by the name of phoenix oregon uh directed by my friend gary lundgren also produced by my other friend of mine gary Cout. uh it was produced and filmed here in southern oregon in ashland um which is right? Phoenix, the town of Phoenix, Oregon, is a real town, which is like two minute walk outside of Ashland. It's a fun movie. It's it's a fun little indie flick. Um, but it did get released, but it did not get released in theaters. Technically, it did something very innovative. It got picked up by the story. Got picked up by Variety, Entertainment Weekly, The Hollywood Reporter. They did a theatrical um, theatrical release to home. So what essentially they're doing is they had this limited release plan this week. In fact, I was supposed to have coffee with the director a week ago, but I got too busy because he was supposed to be getting ready for the premiere. And they're splitting the revenue of people who sign up to watch this movie at home with the independent indie art house theaters that they were going to be screened on. So it's really cool. You go to phoenixoregonmovie.com. You say, I want to watch this. I want to watch this movie. They give you a code. And then you pick which theater you would want to see it at. And it's all over the country. I think there's over 100 theaters. And it's a really cool, innovative thing they're doing here. The movie's amazing. It's starring Dietrich Bader. You may know Dietrich Bader from uh, American Housewife or Drew Carey show or you know Napoleon Dynamite awesome guy uh, he's actually going to be here on the show here pretty soon. I'm excited to have D.J. Bader on here. But I'd encourage you guys to go to phoenixorganmovie.com for the theatrical at home release. Um, it's a fun film. It's it's very just cheery. It's about two guys in a midlife crisis. It's fun. It's kind of the movie we need right now amongst this coronavirus craziness. So, I encourage you go check it out. It also now holds the record of the highest the lowest highest-grossing film of all time. It made $3,842 last weekend, which um, that's low. But no one can ever take that away from them. They had the highest-grossing film of uh, that last weekend. We're going to roll into what's going on. First of all, how are you guys doing in L.A. and New York? We'll start with Brandon. How are things in New York right now?
2: You know, just everything's on lockdown. I've been stuck in my apartment for the majority of the last two weeks. And while I'm one of the lucky ones in that I can work from home, it's a, it's a job that affords those opportunities. I will say I'm about two more days away from Jack Nicholson and The Shining. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Skylar, how are you doing out in there in L.A.?
0: Um, Really no different than uh, probably both of you. Um, I wish L.A. would be a little more... Conscious with uh, everything going on, but you know, uh, to so many people. You know, how do you take care of all those people? Um, you know, just staying in, doing my social distancing, uh, working on the website, and you know, now we're here recording. But everything's good. Family's healthy. Everyone's safe. That's all that matters.
1: Yeah, I know. I uh, hear. Um, I had several. I want, I want everybody to think about all the the freelancers out there, the freelance filmmakers. I had several jobs lined up. They got canceled. Luckily, I just got my tax return, so my my me and my family were going to be good, plus my wifes actually runs a tutoring center, and she um which we thought things would just tank, but they were beta testing before all this happened online tutoring, and so they 're now going full fledged and now she 's working like twelve hour days and i 'm having to play you know kindergarten teacher at home. <laughs> So she's getting, she's doing fine. Her business is doing fine. But make sure you're, taking, you're, you're thinking about your friends who work in the film industry, who are freelancers, who, who aren't in the union, who can't provide for themselves, the Uber drivers, the, the, the gig workers, because they do need help right now. Uh, with that, though, how is the entertainment industry coping right now? I'm looking at the stock market. The stocks are all over the place, up and down. Disney was way down. Now Disney's up 20% over last week. Brandon, how is the entertainment industry absorbing this right now?
2: I mean, it's like a twofold process right now. Now, In terms of the workers, 120,000 plus crew members laid off. You've seen a number of guilds and unions make appeals to the federal government for relief aid. Uh, You've seen individual companies like Netflix and others pledge millions of dollars to relief aid to those individuals. And then on the other side of things, We've seen some pretty creative strategies begin to be implemented. You know, Universal was the first major studio to start rerouting recent and new films to at home video on demand platforms. Uh, Paramount is releasing The Lovebird straight to Netflix. Major blockbusters are obviously being removed from the release schedule and delayed, as are significant TV events and projects. And so we're really in kind of uncharted territory. And what that means is that people are going to try different things. These studios and companies are going to try different things. Now, some of them, in retrospect, will say, wow, that was very innovative. That was creative. They really kind of helped uh, recoup some of the losses. And in others, I'm sure we're going to be looking back on this period thinking, wow, that was a huge, huge mistake and helped to you know spur major change in that individual individual company.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. We're we're seeing a lot of innovation happening. I know I read in China they're re-release as the coronavirus is kind of passing through. They're getting ready to release a bunch of Avengers movies and the Avatar film, and to get people back in the theaters. It's amazing what studios are doing right now all over the world as it's passing through China. Looks like they've got they bore the brunt of it, and it's getting to Western Europe and into the United States. Scholar, what are you hearing down there in in L.A.
0: Uh, You know, there really is no updates, and I'm sure Brandon can can attest to that over on the east coast too it's everything is kind of under question right now we've already seen big releases get moved as brandon said including some like you know your uh, black widow and mulan which did have a chance to a uh, screen for the press a quiet place uh, part two which did the same um and now we're rolling into may with film slowly getting the the removal and it doesn't look like here you know i as of right now, the United States, and with everything that's going on, it looks like we're on the rise while China's looking to get the upper hand on things. So, you know, as we roll into the summer movie season, um, you know, as Brandon said, I'm thinking studios are going to look for different routes to get content for its viewers for some of their streaming services, including like Disney Plus and Netflix. Uh, awesome to see that the Lovebirds was able to find a new home. It looks mm-hmm. like a perfect place for that. Um, but there, you know, there's whispers that Disney Plus could drop a couple movies uh, onto the service, whether they were theatrical releases or maybe something that was already shot and done, whether it's a magic camp. Um, The only thing that is a little unclear is the business side of everything. We know Trolls World Tour, which was supposed to open up here pretty soon, mm-hmm. is getting a you know, a voodoo release, at home release. And uh, apparently Universal's not too, uh, is too keen to get that out there, but the theater owners are especially unhappy. Uh, it, it, it's really it, – this is a, a time we've never seen in the movie industry. It's it's all – like I'm going to go off of Brandon. It's all uncharted waters, and uh, until we all get the upper hand on what's going on, it, this is what it's looking like for the foreseeable future. I, I don't want to say this, oh, my gosh, all year, but um, I'm hoping summer, uh, maybe a July, June, July, everything's – on the up and up, but down here in LA, I don't, I don't see any theaters opening up anytime soon.
1: That seems to be the overall consensus nationwide, and much of the Western world at least. everything's is shut down. Everyone's streaming. You got your Netflix, your Hulu, your Disney Plus. Uh, one industry that's being impacted, not just the, the production workers, but also like, like we stated before, is the actual movie theater. The movie theater owners, the independent films, but also your Cinemark, your Regal, your AMC. Um, What is going to be the status of the big chains after all this is said and done who are already hurting because of streaming?
2: You know, now we were in a way already trending in this direction prior to the pandemic, but what you're obviously going to see, I think is fewer films receive a theatrical release mm-hmm. you know mid-budget dramas and comedies and films with limited uh, international appeal are going to be increasingly rerouted to streaming streaming and other direct to consumer platforms I- i've written about this on observer but you know ticket sales ha- have been on a steady decline since 2002 and while they're still higher than the 1980s and early 90s it's it's a clear trend that we are losing interest And anything that isn't connected to a major franchise or a well-known, pre-existing, established brand. But having said all that, theaters will never go extinct in my opinion. There's just too many blockbusters in terms of the lifeblood of revenue generation. And there's just just too many on the release schedule for them ever to truly go out of business. But the squeeze will continue, and that's why I think why you're seeing a shift in exhibitors toward – experiences you know gourmet dinners cocktails luxury Mm -hmm. seatings all those bells and whistles whistles and while that hasn't necessarily happened at the amc regal massive theater chain level i I do think you're going to see kind of a transition towards that more and more as fewer films receive a theatrical release
1: they almost have to i know my my own theater the cinemark that is here uh they closed down for three months about the year and a half ago to do a complete overhaul, where they brought in the experience, they brought in the bar, the the reclined seating, that whole thing to try, you know, delivering food to your seat, trying to make that experience. And they've been working hard to do that. But I think you're right. Those mid-level films, those rom-coms, those things that, you know, do okay, they turn a little bit of a profit, those are going to be going to streaming. And what's really going to shine right now is your big blockbusters, your universals, your Disney's, your Marvel's. Those are just those are big event films everybody has to see. Then also you have your indie darlings and your horror films which people still want to go see in a movie theater. You have your Blumhouse that, you know, more people would adopt the Blumhouse model. I think you know make a movie for five million dollars. If you lose money, you know, no big deal because you had you know these other five movies did amazingly. They can eat up. They can uh, eat up the losses from that. That's what's going to have to happen. Um, But. What what does this mean for streaming, though? How are we going to see the streaming wars intensify? Are we going to see more platforms now that people are realizing, hey, I can watch all this at home and studios are realizing, hey, we can actually make a little bit more money. But just by putting this on the streaming platform, what do you think, Skylar? What's going to happen with streaming in light of Disney Plus? coming out you know back in november and disney saw its highest stock number in a long time when that when that dropped and then you have peacock and quibi and all these other streaming platforms coming out are we going to see more or are they going to just kind of shrink down what's going to happen with streaming
0: uh, you know, it's all going to be dependent on the numbers and how how well they do. It's uh, we we've already seen you've already mentioned Quibi and Peacock, but there's so many more. You know, uh, HBO Max has theirs coming up, which is going to be loaded with content. Yep. Disney's going to slowly continue to put content on its service, whether it's from twentieth century twentieth uh, century studios, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and everything else they own in the world. We already see Apple releasing new material. You have Hulu, which is owned by Disney releasing their uh, material um i think there's a a a good chance that we stay steady with the streamers we have um it'd be very very shocking to me to see more streamers as of right now just start to pop up immediately because it does cost a lot of money to get a streaming service run get a get a stable reliable software ready get all the content licensed and paid for um but the major studios for the most part have their own streamers now. So if any come, I think it'll be in the future. I think there was some great points made. Uh, you know, the movie theater experience is something everyone's looking forward to still. Uh, theaters are including bars, arcades, you know, your your dying-in seatings. There's seatings with, you know, love you know, love seats where you can, you know, go see a romantic film or a horror film with your loved one or a significant other. Um, so streaming as of right now, I believe in my personal opinion, it's going to kind of stay where it's at. And I, I do think we're going to see a lot of content move to streaming with the exception of, you know, a big budget blockbuster, or as you said, Andy, a, uh, Blumhouse horror film.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think we're at kind of at the same place now, Brandon, you were you've written a lot about what's going to happen with the entertainment industry and the media landscape when all this is said and done, what does this mean for the studios as companies, as their stocks are doing these huge ups and downs and violent back and forth, you know, what does this mean for the actual studios? Is it going to be more of a consolidation? Are they going to be shedding some weight? What's going to happen with the actual studios themselves?
2: That's a good question because people, I think within the business sector are, are certainly concerned with the stock drops. I mean, you're seeing right. prices for every mm. major entertainment company, Netflix, Disney, Comcast, uh, at and Viacom, CBS. They're all down over the last month. And overall, the industry is expected to lose $20 billion yes. because of the coronavirus. And, and that's a number that grows the longer this continues. You know, fiscally, logistically, this, this is a worst case scenario. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Adam McKay makes a movie about this in five years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. It's a doomsday scenario. But to your point, for we, we are hopefully and let's just choose to believe that we are going to get back to some semblance of normalcy in the nearish future. And while activity may be slow to start, you're going to see a lot of depressed assets become very valuable as a result of the coronavirus. You know, you're going to see, I think, people, mainstream studios start moving into VR and other types of live events like uh, MSG and, and WWE that, that are available there because those mm-hmm. represent value deals as the stock continues to drop. And what you're going to see, of course, is while there's been major consolidation with you know, AT&T and Time Warner, Disney and Fox are obviously the big ones, you are going to see these smaller assets start to be snatched up once people realize, okay, things have changed. We can't go back to the old model. We need to start investing in whatever the future that fleshes itself out of this situation is going
1: to be and i think it's also important to remember um adding on to that is we had a similar situation maybe not so dire with like a pandemic when we switched over from movie theaters to television when television kind of came on the scene everybody said oh this is the end of movies this is the end of it things changed things adjusted but people were still going to the movies and TV was its own thing. And the same is going to happen here. And I love that you mentioned VR. Uh, I did a lot of VR classes, virtual reality and augmented reality classes in film school. That is a up and coming industry that I think... Uh, everyone's kind of exploring seeing how it's going to work but when you get a fully immersive experience and when the headsets become more affordable i think studios are really gonna start pumping some money into there and having that completely immersive experience 360 or even the augmented reality and really get people completely involved and i think we'll see more experimentation and just better art in general um scholar what do you think about all this
0: yeah you know what yeah uh and you know who i think will be the first one to test that out is Universal and Blumhouse. I think they have the the perfect opportunity, making all these films on the on the cheap, and uh, generating a great revenue. And I think there is a huge interest in when VR and augmented reality becomes a major part of the movie going experience or the at home viewing experience. I think horror is the perfect thing oh, to immerse yeah. yourself into. Um, and you know, since they they can do these things for the cheap, maybe they can find profits with these movies too. Uh, you know, maybe look into how they can do this and make it better as we go on. Um, I, I just want to I'm I'm hoping and praying we're, June, July. We're good. You know, it's that's how optimistic I want to be right now. Um, but, yeah, I think there's so many facets that are being looked into. And I, I, I think both you and Brandon kind of hit the nail in the coffin on on those points. Absolutely. Sch-
2: Skylar, you know, to compliment horror movies on VR, which I love, I think that's a great idea. I have always long held the theory and I've talked about this on Twitter before. I think the true way to cure the video game movie curse is to move that over into VR because I yeah, think yes. there are mediums that fit with that delivery mechanism. And I- I'm just waiting for like the first great one to kind of be a paradigm shifter.
0: Yeah, but do you – and I'm just asking. I'm playing devil's advocate here, but do you think the studios might be scared to try something that innovative on a genre of film that hasn't done so well over the course of the last – forever I think,
2: I think studios are always in any situation whatever the the conditions are always scared to try anything until one person does it and it works so are we oh, yeah, reluctant and apprehensive yeah but do i think it will inevitably happen on a, a long enough timeline of entertainment development absolutely sure.
0: now that'd be great i would love to uh see a really solid video game you know to film adaptation use something like augmented reality or vr that would that'd be awesome um here's hoping we'll keep our fingers crossed
1: (laughs) yeah i think the video game industry would be amazing think of a sonic the hedgehog or even you know a pokemon which is already the pokemon game itself already messed with you know augmented reality and of itself there's a real opportunity there i think at this point what does the studios have to lose um things are changing you you want to be the studio that gets on that and really hits the trend when it takes off and i think your disney and your universal are definitely set up for that right now to go ahead and hit the ground running with the research and development departments your imaginary so on and so forth but we are a disney podcast so what does this mean for disney right now the behemoth that it is they own everything uh their stock has gone up and down where where do we see disney coming out on this let's start with you brandon
2: Well, I mean, overall, just like every other major company, it's taken a big hit over the last month. The stock's been been going, like you said, up and down, but definitely on a on a downward trend since kind of coronavirus really started shutting down theaters. Uh, We're going from the biggest global box office year ever in 2019 to now probably the worst, which is the fastest 180 uh, you could possibly make. But I do still believe. Disney, more so than a lot of other companies, is very well suited for recovery given their unmatched franchise power. You know, rescheduling Marvel movies won't be too difficult for them because they already have six release dates staked out. So it's kind of just a a pass the buck situation. Whereas other theater, uh, other studios, I think are going to be scrambling a bit, and and Disney also. Is, is experiencing a huge surge on uh, their streaming service, Disney+. Plus, According to Forbes, sign-up rates have tripled over the last wow. week alone. And other third-party metrics are strongly suggesting that viewership traffic is up overall. So despite the downturn and despite the very, very uncertain future and the great transitional period that we're seeing in terms of viewing habits, I think Disney is going to be all right.
1: And what do you think, Skyler, down there in L.A.?
0: Uh, you know, j- just to add to that, uh, those are 100% correct points that were just made. I think once the park's Reopen mm-hmm. at when they feel is deemed necessary and safe to do so. They're going to generate another twenty, thirty million dollars in revenue a day between the two parks, which is which are obviously Disneyland and Disney World over there in Florida. Um, they're making beyond the millions, so they are set up to recover. It might take a while, um, obviously, especially with the countless hundreds of millions beyond billions uh, they're getting ready to lose. They can recover all that once you know once they're stable enough to do that. They're going to have Disney Plus the parks disney channel which i bet has a a nice little surge too on television um Dis, you know all the major properties start getting released they're going to start making beyond hundreds of millions of dollars on these big films once they've been released uh theme park revenue merchandise the disney store is opening up i think they're going to be set it's going to take some time um but they have so many facets outside of the uh the film and TV and streaming industry mm-hmm. that'll just help boost them and help them recover the quickest. Um, and you could probably make an argument like that for Universal as well.
2: You know, people forget because of Lucasfilm, because of Pixar, because of Marvel right. that forty percent of Disney's annual revenue comes from parks alone. It, it dwarfs their box office yes. every year.
0: Yeah, and, and not to mention, there's, what, six, seven parks that are making Beyond Millions per year. Uh, when you look at, you know, all that traffic for travel, their hotels, their, you know, their restaurants, everything in between, even the small stuff, it, it just builds for that industry uh, in for theme parks, so...
2: That's the beauty of Disney's kind of unilateral model. You know, their blockbusters feed interest in going to these parks to see these characters and these rides, which also helps with merchandise sales and then all vice versa. It's this endless loop of brilliant, brilliant uh, corporate synergy that is I know it's kind of cynical to be praising a billion dollar conglomerate like that, but it really is impressive what they've managed to build in their interconnectivity.
0: And you would have to be crazy not to believe that over 65 years ago, both Walt Disney himself and his brother Roy, who is the money man, didn't see the future and go, you know what? We're going to make sure we're set in case something fails. And uh, th- that just amazes me that people people f- tend to forget that you know these big businessmen back in the 50s who wanted to create a theme park based on their beloved attra- uh, you know their beloved properties uh, you know we're going to make money and use some of that money to offset you know failures such as a a Pinocchio or a Fantasia that you know, uh-huh. failed at the box office. They're like, well, we have the theme parks, and that's going to help us generate, you know, more money to create films like a Mary Poppins or a Jungle Book. So it's crazy to think that they were doing that 65 years ago, and now look where they're at now with all course, these properties. Might, yeah, it's. it's It's amazing. And the sheer
1: amount of brand loyalty Disney has right now, Disney through this has been kind of genius in they did the, the the VOD release of Pixar's onward. And then in less than two weeks here, it's going to get beyond Disney plus, which is unprecedented. And even while I'm speaking here, I haven't been to Disneyland since December. I get a notification from my Disneyland app saying, Hey, click on this video and your kids can learn how to draw Mickey mouse. They are really pushing everything they can to continue that brand loyalty that no other studio can do because they have a reach that no other studio has, with just the parks and you know ways to get a hold of us, Hulu, Lucasfilm, everything, and the, the people are just loyal right now to Disney. Kids are you know watching Frozen over and over again. They they, they release Frozen two uh, way early on Disney Plus. They're playing this really well, and I expect them to be out on top when all this is said and done. Uh, with that though, I do want to just. My, my my biggest concern is someone who's a fledgling filmmaker and, you know, I, I've lost, you know, I was supposed to be in Boston this week, you know, filming something obviously didn't happen. What's going to happen when production ramp backs up, ramps back up? We're going to have a lot of backlog. Are things going to be put in the back burner? Or are we just going to see this all of a sudden jobs come back up or is just, are they going to be shedding weight because of money? What do we think is going to happen as far as the production, the productions that have been waiting to get started? Let's start with you, Brandon.
2: You know, production is actually facing far more pressing problems. Uh, I wrote a piece for Observer last year before the pandemic was even uh, in our consciousness that explored how Hollywood was literally running out of space. There is such a demand for content, especially with the proliferation of streamers Mm -hmm. that the supply of available soundstage space space to physically film these projects is actually rapidly running out. And on top of that, Prohibitive real estate prices and legislature in the state has made it ludicrously expensive for studios to build additional soundstage space in L.A. So now most Southern California facilities are operating at more than 90 percent capacity. You know, Disney and Netflix have purchased or secured exclusive contracts with key soundstages, and that helps them but leaves the rest of the industry in a bit of a pickle. Overseas productions are are just way more expensive. And I've been talking to a few different studios on background on the production side as the coronavirus has shut things down over the last few weeks. And there is a real tangible sense of uncertainty and fear as a result of What's going to happen and how are we going to figure this out with such little space? There is going to be a mad dash of studios wanting to complete projects once the coronavirus is you know, in the rear view and the demand is going to clash with existing contracts for the same time period. So I think you're going to see a really, really bad bloodbath and I think you're going to see Blockbuster productions receive preferential treatment. Smaller movies and shows get screwed, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to see this kind of tug of war for for power and equality in terms of the big monolithic conglomerates and the smaller production outfits.
1: Yeah, and it's extremely unfortunate. Um, that those they, they get the preferential treatment i know i was just uh, sitting in on a uh a film southern oregon meeting this past week i'm about to be on the, the board that's our local film commission here and we're actually ramping up as a local small community that is well known within the film community um for a great place to film small towns those movie maker magazine listed the best small town to live in if you're a filmmaker um for that backlog, because we were realizing that, yeah, LA is going to be putting your Netflix and your Disney and your Universal's on the front burner there. Even Atlanta, with all their sound studios, are going to be backed up. So we're getting ourselves ready now, you know, in our Zoom meetings and our board meetings. To, all right, let's come here, come here. We have great tax incentives for you. Come here. Uh, unfortunately, there's just not enough places that are ready for that, and we're going to see a lot of great films, a lot of great art, kind of get pushed down the wayside until it becomes irrelevant, and then it just gets forgotten. Which is unfortunate. I am excited to see that people are going to be put back to work quickly. There's going to be a huge demand for grips and ACs and, you know, ADs and all that fun stuff. But these people have poured their heart and souls. I know one particular project that was supposed to be supposed to be filming here very soon. We were moments from getting ready to film and this thing shut it down. Um, That project may never see the light of day because of this and it's, it's super unfortunate scholar what are you hearing about production down there in LA in that production hub
0: uh well everything since everything's on hold a lot of these projects that are in development are being done remotely uh there's still a lot of studios doing casting work uh remotely on some of these projects but you know at the end of the day once productions uh, are allowed to be green lit and kick off uh I think uh, both of you are right. Um, the big name projects are gonna—they're gonna get the priority and the preferential treatment. You're gonna—you're gonna see a, a Shang Chi, you know, go straight into production. You're gonna see the Batman or Zoom. You're gonna see the Little Mermaid, you know, go into production. These bigger name, familiar IPs uh, get get that treatment maybe some from directors that are well known I think those that have been paused will will go right back into where they're at hopefully you know with let's say the last duel that was filming or the Matrix 4 or uh, Space Jam 2 which is still being worked on Uh, it's I personally think with these little films a lot of which were being uh, made for theatrical releases like a Peter Pan and Wendy they might have to relook and think okay maybe with everything that's going on uh, let's say Peter Pan hasn't had a great track record uh, with its live-action films recently. Whether it was from the 2003 version or that awful Pan movie <laughs> oh, with Hugh awful. Jackman. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Last about that with a Nirvana
1: matter. song. Oh, yeah. oh gosh! Smells like. Kings oh yeah. it, was, <laughs> it was bad. Yeah,
0: it was, it was not. I good. had high hopes oh. for it. Yeah, you're gonna see those. I think you're gonna see films like that make the transition to Disney Plus after already being said they were theatrical releases. And I think some of these little smaller Disney Plus films that were announced, uh, whether it's a Twenty Nine Dates or you know something like a Stargirl, you might see those get canceled or axed. I it's it's sad. You know, luckily for Disney, they have a lot of great working relationships with sound stages and studio 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 heads and. You know, they got now. They have uh, a lot of lots with Fox now from that deal. You you look at Australia yeah. where Shang Chi and Thor Four is going to film, and I'm sure there's some deals in the works where Disney is going to ask for a piece of the pie and hey, you want to film here? Let's cut some cheddar. I, that's for the big wigs to discuss. I only assume that's what's going to happen. But uh, I, I do think you're, there's so, so many hundreds upon thousands of things in production from film to TV to streaming that were in production or in pre-production getting ready to shoot that it, it is going to be a mad scramble because a lot of these uh, filmmakers and studio heads want to get in there and get their property done quickly. They want to get in there. They want to make their, their – uh, Their content and it's it it is going to be tough. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving there. But as of right now, here in L.A., everything's just completely on hold on the major production side, and everything's really more on the developmental side from you know casting and stories and uh, all that wonderful jazz.
1: Yeah, and don't, don't think that's easy work either because I know I'm, I'm working with the production right now. We're trying to cast, and no one's returning their emails right now because they're thinking, oh, casting shut down. No, casting's still going. Writing's still going. All that stuff's still happening. People are just doing it from home, and uh, hopefully when all is said and done, everybody can just hit the ground running, and some of these smaller films, these independent films can get uh, the help they need, the, the funding they need when all this is said and done. With that, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Brandon. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, Where can people reach you and uh, what else you got going on?
2: Thank you, sir. And if you want to know more from me, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at great underscore Catsby and check out observer.com. I got a a fun piece coming up in the next week or so. Action movie fans are really going to dig it. I think it's going to break down some of the your favorite scenes from your favorite action movies in a very interesting way from a very interesting source. So be on the lookout for that.
1: Awesome, and Skyler, if somebody wants to know what the latest and what's going on in Disney news, where would they go?
0: Uh, yeah, you could find me uh, Skylar Schuler across uh, all social media. You could find us on the Diz Insider uh, on social media and the Diz Insider dot com. I want to reiterate to those listening, uh, you know, today that please 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 follow Brandon cats on Twitter yes. uh, visit the observer Thank you guys. this Thank you. this guy not only knows everything Everything, the ins and outs of the financial side of the business. But this guy has dropped some excellent scoops over the last uh-huh. couple of years that I've followed him. Um, fantastic, uh, you know, some fantastic stuff. Even a big Black Adam scoop he had, um, which was really cool to hear. Um, Brandon is a great follow. We'll make sure to share uh, all his uh, latest work uh, and in to the description the audience, below. I
2: Swear, I only paid him twenty bucks a piece to say this. <laughs> oh man,
0: I've I've always I've always uh, respected your hustle. And yes. love what you do. Uh, you're always a you're always welcome on the show. You're a great follow, uh, and I recommend everyone go and follow him. I'll, I'll make sure to uh, retweet it on Twitter and get your articles in the description. And uh, yeah, thank you. Check out thedizinsider.com as well. We're we're doing our best to. At least share some of the news with everything going on at Disney uh, in regards to the coronavirus. Uh, hopefully, there is some good news in the future, um, and uh, hopefully, we can get back into uh, movie theater seats here pretty soon.
1: That would be amazing. I do, as someone who goes to the movies two to three times a week, I miss it so much right now. I even changed my gym because it was right next to the movie theater, so I could be closer <laughs> to it. So, um, that. Yes, it was like literally, it's across the way. It's like, oh, I got some time. I can go work out, go see a film out again, so on and so forth. I miss it. Both my gym and my movie theaters are closed right now. It sucks. But everyone, make sure you are staying safe. You listen to your local officials. Stay home. Be safe. Keep that social distancing. All that fun stuff. Enjoy time the best you can with your family. I know times are hard. Uh, you are in our thoughts. Make sure you reach out if you do need help during this unprecedented time in our country. And we here at the Decast and Diz Insider are trying to bring you the, the most content we possibly can. I've conducted four interviews this week. We're going to get a ton of content out on the podcast feed. Just search the Diz Insider or the Decast on any of your favorite podcast networks, or go to anchor.fm/slash the DCAST or the Disney find it we're gonna have show after show our marvel show will be coming back next week we have a star wars dedicated show starting this week of course the regular dcast show and lots of interviews coming out this week so just make sure you follow us anchor.fm slash the Decast. leave a podcast review on apple podcast and uh follow us on all the various social media networks to search the dcast or the dis insider with that guys thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the insiders